What's up, everyone, and welcome to Project X Talk, an Xbox podcast, episode number 150, presented by Save the Game Media. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn. Today's episode, I'm not going to lie to you, we're just basically talking about Starfield. So if that's not your thing, thank you for coming. Drop the like, but Starfield, full hype train ahead. Before we get to that, though, got to introduce my co-host each and every week, Jam Pack Sam. How you doing, buddy? What's up, man? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be back. I'm well rested. I am hyped because I've been playing some great games, but uh, it's good to be back on the show. We've got a lot to talk about this week. Yeah, you were gone last week. You had a, a nice vacation, I hope. I did. Yeah, I uh, shockingly uh, normally want to go to the beach. It's normally beach time. I also do a lot of running while I'm at the beach, but this time around, I took the Xbox Series S and I kind of like baked it into my morning routine to play a little bit. Uh, and it was really nice. I got to catch up on some games and just in general, have a good time with it. Yeah, awesome, awesome, man. I'm glad you had a good time. I did see you playing, and for a minute, I was like, "Is he? I thought he was on vacation. How's he? How's he playing Diablo? How's he doing all these things?" Hour but, of the Xbox Series S. You throw it in a bag and rock. Uh, well, I hear the Series S is is useless, but anyway, if you're new here, this is an Xbox podcast. We're live every Thursday right here on YouTube. If you can't catch us live, we post every Friday morning on your favorite audio platform of choice. While you're over there, make sure to drop us that five-star review, whether it's Apple, Spotify. It does help us in the algorithm. And I have something new to plug in housekeeping. If you missed the announcement, we are once again joining the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team in Rome, New York, the first weekend in November to raise money for children hospitals and we could not be more excited it's going to be me taylor few other members of save the game media going over to rome new york playing for 24 25 hours straight live streaming right here on the channel but our extra life link is now live it's in the description down below if you can donate that would be so greatly appreciated it goes all to help the children's hospitals it'll also enter you to win some prizes that we will be giving away. We haven't announced the prizes yet. We're still coming up with those. But if you want to be entered, just donate. Any amount you want, we will get you. Uh, we appreciate every single thing that you can give us. But if you want to support us further and not do the Extra Life thing, which I don't know why you would. I'd rather you go do Extra Life than Patreon right now. But I'm just saying, do Extra Life, do Patreon. Best of both worlds. You can support us further get early access to save the game media content head over to patreon.com slash save the game media choose the tiers right for you like our current patreon supporters thank you to bucky blue fabulous brianna brianna's mom brianna's brother brianna's wife nikolai at night cypher primus brendan myers marcus o'neill lillian mimi J, the snack network david hotright dave harp the xbox expansion pass alpaca tom and our newest patron at the ten dollar we love you tier lee navarro of the phoenix overdrive extra life team thank you so much we appreciate each and every one of you. Sam, we're blowing right through the housekeeping because we got a lot to talk about. First, I want to know, what have you been playing on your vacation? Dude, so obviously Starfield came out swinging. And we're going to talk about that, though, you know? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it more in a minute. But before Starfield dropped, I got back into Diablo 4. And I know we talked about it on the last show that I was on and kind of how there was some anger around season mm -hmm. one. People were frustrated with the changes, the balance of the character classes and things like that. And I went in, I rolled a season one character. I am a shock sorcerer. And so that's kind of the route that I was taking with that. And I got to say, as somebody who doesn't care about the balance, as somebody who's not super into like the nitty gritty of the damage changes that are done in the week to week or the month to month, 
I'm having a great time with it. Um, and so it seems like going into the fall, it's going to be a Diablo four back to Starfield to do some side quests and some random missions back to the Halo weeklies and then just kind of cycle from there. Um, so, yeah, played a lot of Diablo four alongside some Starfield, uh, courtesy of Clint over in the XEP discord who uh, rolled a little giveaway and I got the premium edition early access thanks to Clint and the XEP group. So I was able to dive in during my vacation uh, on the Xbox Series S before moving over to the X. So thanks to Clint. Yes, uh, I, there were a few codes given away in a few discords, including the XBP one that I, I was a part of. And I swear to God, I was five minutes late to every one of them. Mm, tough, like, mm. But it's okay. My brother went out, bought the premium edition for, well, the early access for his account. Uh, but we game share and it worked. So we've been playing for, I, I started playing Sunday night. So uh, we're going to dive deep into Starfield, like I said, this episode. But before we get to that, Sam, I want to talk to you about Sea of Stars. Yes, sir. Um, I don't know if you've checked this one out, but I rolled credits on it. Our full review is up on the channel now. Me and Kyle, my brother, uh, who have both beat the game, we did a 30-minute discussion about the pros, the cons, uh, what we liked, what we didn't like. And safe to say, I love this game. This nice. game was phenomenal. Uh, it, at the at the time, I said it was my current game of the year, and it's still, it's still fighting for that spot because I think it's so, so good. Um, if you want my full thoughts, go check out that review. But... I did want to just quickly talk about Sea of Stars because Sabotage announced that they've sold over 250,000 copies within the first week, which was actually their projected total for the entire year. That's crazy, especially when you consider this game's on Game Pass and PS Plus. Yeah, that's wild. I think that, you know, it, it's hard to gauge if it's something that's a reflection of just how available it is and it's driving a ton of conversation on social that's then translating over into sales. Um, but I think the real takeaway is that it's a good game. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's a good, complete, well-polished game that has a lot of nostalgia baked into it, but also is really fun. Uh, my fiance has been playing it a little bit, but I haven't had the chance to dive in yet, but I've heard only great things. So it's awesome to see it panning out. And more people can play the game through Game Pass, through PlayStation Plus, whatever you've got. It's great to be able to see. Yeah, super, super happy for Sabotage. I just wanted to get that out there, give them their flowers because the game is special. Uh, there are a few people uh, I've seen who aren't really thrilled with it. They don't think the story is very good. They don't think it holds up to the, the Chrono Trigger homage that they were going for. I disagree, but everyone's entitled to their opinion, as, again, we'll talk about later. Um Let's let's keep rolling through this uh, quick news, though, because I want to get to the, the meat and potatoes, Sam. All right. So uh, we just have one quick little news item to talk about. And that's that Game Pass update. So available right now, Starfield for cloud PC and Xbox Series X and S. September 14th brings you Solar Ash for cloud console and PC. And September 19th, we get Liza P for cloud console and PC. I'm going to say quality over quantity this month. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm excited about Solar Ash and kind of like a I'll get to it kind of way, because I think what my approach is going to be is that I'm not a big Mortal Kombat guy as far as like diving and playing it for myself because I'm just bad at fighting games. So I think that's going to be the period of time I go back and I check out Sea of Stars. I check out Solar Ash so that I can give it the attention that it deserves. Uh, and Liza P has definitely caught my attention. So, yeah, uh, solid lineup. And of course, Starfield. I mean, it's mm -hmm. like this is this is the ecosystem functioning as intended like it's a huge game 
that you get with your subscription that is the landmark Xbox moment. So it's it's happening, you know. <laughs> it's what we've all been waiting for. Um, yeah, obviously we're gonna talk about Starfield momentarily. I think Solar Ash was a surprise drop. Uh, did not expect. Uh, we were told it was coming to Xbox, and then it kind of went quiet. So, um. It's good to see it finally coming out. I don't think this is the best time for it to drop. I swear to God, publishers, like December ex exists. That is a month you can put games out in. All right. Yeah, or anytime after the first of the year, like 2024 is at this point, pretty much a barren wasteland. It's okay. It, it, February is not that far away. Like we mm. will be okay. Uh, Liza P, if you're into the Souls genre, I think that is uh, exciting for people. I know the demo got some positive reception, so not my type of game. I'm looking forward to some other stuff, and I'll still be playing Starfield. So good Game Pass month, and shout out to Luke Lore, Xbox Expansion Pass in the chat. Thank you for showing up. Uh, what's up, man? Sam, you ready to dive into the main story, the thing everyone wants to, to talk about? Let's dig into it, my friend. All right, so I got to know, Starfield... Before we get into any of this little tidbits, what are your overall impressions so far? So I preface every time I talk about Starfield or everything I say about Starfield, I preface with the fact that I am not a traditional Bethesda guy. I played the first three hours of Skyrim at least seven times. And then when I hit White Run, I end and I just never come back. Uh, I've toyed around with Oblivion. I've toyed around with Morrowind. Um, I've gotten into Fallout. I finished Fallout 4, but I've never been typically the role-playing guy um, and Bethesda games have always just been respected, but not something I go for. There's something special about Starfield. There's something about it where I went in and I was like, I know this is a big moment. I'm going to dive in, give it a, full, a fair shot. And I don't know if it's my taste changing through the years or what, uh, but this game is not perfect, but it's very, very good. And I mean, when people go into it, if you were expecting something groundbreaking from Bethesda that's unlike anything they've ever done before, this isn't going to be that. Mm -hmm. But if you love Bethesda games and you're really into space and you wish their older games had been more polished when they launched, that's Starfield. That's what this is. Yeah, I could not agree more. So I, I've said for months, weeks now that I was worried about if I would like Starfield. I would. I was worried that it would feel you know, too big in scale that I would be over <laughs> overcome with like so much anxiety that I wouldn't know what to do. And I can honestly say that like, I did not have those feelings. I fell in love with this game almost instantly. And I've heard some people say that it's like slow to get going. And there's like a intro period. I did not feel that at all. Like as soon as you get to new Atlantis, which is like 30 minutes into the game, if that, uh, I was like running around, talking to random people, finding stuff. And it, it's funny because I'm like playing, talking and voice chat with people who had started the game before me. And I was like, yo, I'm going to work for the bank. I'm going to be a debt collector. And they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, you guys didn't talk to the bank? And they're like, nah. So I just saying like in my 16, 17 hours since then, I can honestly say that like I feel like this game is special because not only of the choices you get for from the RPG standpoint like the like the choices the consequences in the quest line but just the way you want to play the game like I am doing and we, I'll ask you Sam but I chose a bouncer background 
I chose like introvert and the alien DNA and I'm doing a full melee build. I've used, I've had to use a gun one time to get through a quest, but since then I only use knives and daggers and like katanas. And that's how I'm doing the entire game. Uh, but everyone is not playing like that. I see a lot of people being like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a space pirate. Meanwhile, me, I'm like, I'm a space cop. Like I'm working for the yeah. Vanguard. I'm working for the security. I'm, I'm taking down the people bringing in contraband. So just the amount of freedom in this game is so enticing. And I'm like engrossed by everything going on. Yeah, I would agree. I think that the thing that I love about Starfield is that if you go in trying to do everything all at once, then it can feel overwhelming because there are so many options. Like if you go in and you open up 17 million quest lines, it'll be a little bit difficult to keep up with. But if you go in and you kind of live this life of a character in Starfield where you pick your background and you just go do things that interest you, that's the way that for me, Starfield is intended to be played. And so uh, right now, I forget what actual background that I chose. Honestly, I'd have to go back and check. But I'm following what you're doing when you get into the actual quest line uh, is that I am kind of like the policeman of the frontier where I'm going through, I'm helping people. I'm the good guy. Mm -hmm. uh, and so now you're just going on all these little adventures. And of course there are different perks to each class and things like that. But um, so far I'm just going through and just seeing where the game takes me, I guess is the best way to describe it. If I land on a moon, I'll wander around for a little while. Lo and behold, there's this abandoned outpost here. I'll go in, see what's up with that. All of a sudden, I'm getting raided by some pirates that are there scavenging for stuff. Then I'll take back off and I'll pick up the main quest. I'll go see Victor in the eye. You know, whatever is going on. And I'm just going on these continual quests. But there's also this underlying, and again, no spoilers, big plot that's just unfolding before you that for me is more engaging than what I got with a Skyrim or what I got uh, with a Fallout because it is something that's futuristic, but it's also a realistic kind of, not that you can identify with it easier, but we are on the cusp of these big technological advancements. And so you feel like you're discovering something that couldn't be that far away. Uh, and, you know, I kind of identified with, I think the statement that Satya Nadella put out where his hope is that Starfield inspires the next generation of, uh, you know, adventurers and uh, astrology people that want mm -hmm. to go out and figure out what's happening outside of Earth. And that's kind of the way that I'm feeling with Starfield. I'm what's what's really great about this is that I feel like I'm actually role playing because there are times where like I joined the Vanguard right away. I joined the security team right away. But then like the other factions try to recruit me or there are choices where like you could do certain things and it might make your path a little easier. But I'm like, my guy wouldn't do that. He He's a policeman through and through. And it was weird because I had this I haven't had many bugs. I feel this is a pretty polished Bethesda game. Yeah. Like I think it looks very nice. Uh, it's stable frame rate frame rate rise for the most part, unless you're in like the big crowded cities, then you do get some dips, which is like, I can deal with it. It doesn't ruin the experience. But when I'm out, at, I was out into in one city in particular, and I accidentally, I was trying to rescue them from like um, criminals, and I accidentally hit a civilian, and the security all turned on me. And so I put my put my knife away, and they wouldn't stop shooting me. I was standing there. I was like, can you guys just like, let me pay a fine. Like what's going on? Like I didn't kill him. He's fine. He's walking around and they just wouldn't stop until eventually a security guard runs up to me. He's like, I like your style in there. You took down those criminals pretty, pretty well. We, we could, we got a spot for you. And then he like offers me a quest and then immediately says, 
you're going to jail, scumbag. And like they said, arrest me. And I was like, what is happening right now? So it does still have some of that Bethesda jank, but it's like lovable to the point where I'm like, okay, this is, it's funny. It's, uh, it's yeah. a good time. I think the thing with the Bethesda jank that I've seen, I know that I've seen social media posts of like floating characters. And then the person you're trying to get the quest from is like way above the spaceship and things like that. But to what you're saying, I haven't encountered any bugs beyond like, my companion being in my way a little bit or like kind of like glitching into a box or something like that but there's nothing that's been like game breaking or that takes mm -hmm. me out of the world to the point that it's a broken game yeah. it is still a bethesda game but you can definitely see that there was an additional level of polish put on it uh, and like you said it runs well like yeah it's locked at 30 and i know there have been discussions around that i don't care i really don't me either me like, either feels great yeah like I have a PC that could probably run this at higher than 30 FPS, but I'd rather just play it at stability on the Xbox Series X in my living room on the TV and have that understanding that it's going to run as intended on the Xbox Series X. So that's the way that I'm playing it. Um, but yeah, super polished. And overall, I'm, I, I am shocked at how much I personally, for my taste, am enjoying it. And I'm totally going to see it through to the end for the main campaign at the very least. And then I will continue the side quest. But like you said, I love being the good guy and I like role playing in this game more than I have in other games. Mm -hmm. Like anytime I'm making choices and I'm trying to do the right thing and I see that Sam co liked that. I'm like, yes, oh. Sam likes me. Okay. Like, so I this, this is something I, I wanted to get into with because uh, Luke brings it up. He says, my experiences are so different. 20 hours in, I've never even heard of the eye, which is wild to me because I go to the eye all the time constantly up there to like get like oh tell me where this this thing is that i have to go find uh yeah. which is like it's it was part of the main quest now it's kind of off to the side like i'm seven main quests away from rolling credits on the main quest so like i'm mm -hmm. not that far away and that's with me doing a lot of side content like i have wrapped the uc vanguard's main uh side quest chain line i'm about to wrap my favorite companions main quest line who i'm, I'm gonna ask you in a second because you're over there talking about sam uh, liking your stuff i hate that dude why he is so him and barrett i cannot stand do not bring barrett and sam in the same sentence these are very different people uh, he's so, he's so annoying to to be honest okay this is this is where i want to talk all right most of the members of constellation i do not like they are an, an, a very annoying to me, especially Sarah. She is shut up. You you sound like the Karen of space. I don't. These people don't bother me. Like I've seen everybody hating on Sarah. She does not bother me. That I can't really think of anybody. Uh, the one that does kind of irritate me is Mateo because he's mm, so like philosophical okay. and weird. And I'm like, dude, what are you on right now? Like, were you smoking something up in the eye? What's going on? Because you're just all over the place. I don't know what's happening with him. So who who's like your go-to companion? Because mine is uh, an Andreja, who I'm about to finish her main quest that, or I believe, and and romance her because she's one of the four options you you can do. So I absolutely love her. Like she is the best character in this game by far yeah. for me. So I I unlocked her. I guess I like got to the point where I meet her. Uh, I think two days ago, and I've had her as a companion a good bit, but Samco has been kind of like my ride or die just because he, he's effective in the way that I play for the most part. And I haven't looked at their skills throughout, so I don't know if I'm optimizing well. Typically, I just run and gun. Also, I went in expecting to be like a stealth thief kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Nah, 
not doing any of that. I'm ballistics all the way. I'm jetpacking around. Don't even worry. Yeah. So, so I don't even have a jetpack. Like I have it, but I can't have it unlock the skill. It. I okay. literally just started using it yesterday. Um, but yeah, so Sam Coe is my main guy just because like, I like his vibe. I like his backstory of like his family kind of was like in this town and he's kind of like the, not necessarily, um, vagrant of the bunch but he's the adventurer of this rich family that's kind of run this town so i'm a big fan of sam myself okay all right cool name all right. too good yeah, name. yeah yeah, yeah. i've, I've yeah. heard i've heard yeah, yeah um it's just it's funny because you learn more about some of them throughout the main story but i feel like you can't really get to know them unless you choose them to be your companion and bring them out with you because the more time you spend with them there's like a hidden affinity system like you want to bring characters out the more time you take them on missions the more they'll suddenly just be like can we chat and then you'll learn more about their backstory and eventually unlock their like their quest which gives you a whole new world of stuff but yeah man I cannot get over the the depth of this game. Uh, I I'm I'm sitting there. I'm like looking up where where can I get the best melee weapon, right? Because I've been struggling to find some good melee weapons, and mm. it's like, oh, you have to get go to like a House of Arun vendor. And I was like, I don't even know where that is. Like, right, yeah. how how do I get there? So I finally found some of their their uh, zealots, which are like enemies, and I was like. I'm going to kill all of you and you better have a weapon that I want on it, which they had a better one, not the one I wanted. But it's just that thing where it's like, I'm trying to build who I want. I'm, yeah. I want to be a tanky. I want to be a, a stealth warrior, but it's like slow going. I'm, I'm level 20 now. So I don't, I don't know where you are. I think I'm a level 17 going on 18. So okay. similar range. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's, let's, table that for a second and then talk about some news for starfield because despite being on game pass starfield is selling well data from play tracker estimates over 1 million players on steam purchased the premium edition and 1 million players on xbox purchased the premium edition to play early phil spencer did confirm that it exceeded 1 million concurrent players yesterday and bethesda announced just before we went live that starfield has reached six million players yeah and i don't know why that's not sharing but it is it is what it is weird okay <laughs> it was supposed to come up on the screen for the video i i clicked share screen didn't come up oh uh, the anticlimactic moment anticlimactic yeah okay six million players though sam so how, how are we feeling i mean six million players is I, that's a lot of people i want to compare it to other big games but i don't have those numbers in front of me but all things considered, it is the biggest Bethesda game launch of all time. So you're comparing mm -hmm. that to Skyrim, to Fallout 4, um, to Fallout 76, even like thinking about the recent releases that they've had 10 different versions of Skyrim. I kid. But uh, six million players diving in, considering that's including Game Pass, considering that's including the premium edition people across the board. We're talking about a game that hasn't been out for an entire week yet. Like, let that sink in. Officially one day. Yeah, yeah, literally. It's been officially out for one day and six million people have already played it. That's some incredible stuff, no matter how you cut it. And that's new for Xbox in recent years. I mean, of course, you've got Halo and things like that that are free to play, etc. cetera. Uh, the free to play games that have come out. But when we're talking about big first party AAA releases, these are awesome numbers to see for Xbox as they're trying to figure out how they hit that cadence of really good high quality releases multiple times throughout the year this is the first example of that that we've had 
really since I guess Hi-Fi Rush and would you even put those games on the same level I mean just two different kind of things yeah as much as I love I loved Hi-Fi Rush I do think Hi-Fi Rush is is a phenomenal game I don't think it holds a candle to the experience I'm having with Starfield I I know you 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 can look at review scores and be like oh well Hi-Fi Rush is I think an 89 and Starfield's an 88 right or whatever but at the end of the day like the experience I'm having the the zeitgeist moment that starfield is creating is so much larger than an xbox game has been in years and years i can't remember the last time where like i go on my x timeline uh and it's just starfield talk which is like this is what happened with god of war ragnarok this is what happened with tears of the kingdom like you'd log in you see everyone posting clips talking about like what they're doing I, I see people like oh i put 20 200 000 potatoes in my in my ship yeah. for some reason it's it's really a a big cultural gaming moment yeah yeah i think that the way that i always gauge how big a game launch is outside of my little sphere is if it hits regular tiktok then i know that it's a significant thing and so if i see people talking about like is anybody else's boyfriend just gone this weekend playing starfield like stuff like that where all these guys are just on the couch or significant others whatever and they're just going through and they're like this is the best thing ever like these kind of things where it's bleeding over into just everyday life i think that's whenever i say okay this is a really really big deal like spider-man 2 is inevitably going to have that moment mm -hmm. where it is such a big ip and spider-man so significant that it will have that same kind of appeal but it's been so long since xbox has been that thing where i'm sure if i went to work and i was like yo what you guys doing this weekend there's gonna be somebody else out there that's playing starfield in my little group and that's mm -hmm. unusual for like a non-gaming community so uh i i think that it's it's a big big moment for not only Xbox, but for Bethesda and for the gaming group and culture as a, as a whole. It's a pop culture thing now. Yeah, well, it being a big ga gaming moment, I want to bring in a White Sea Deer here in the chat. Says, what a year with how amazing of a game this is. I don't think it'll come close to winning game of the year. It'll be nominated at least, which transitions me well into uh, It's Kyle's Discord question where he says, "Where do, oh, do you think Starfield will be in the game of the year conversation? That's his first question. He has another one we'll come back to. But what are, what are, how are we feeling right now, Sam? I think it'll be in the game of the year conversation. And again, I think we had some conversations like this on some discords, but it depends on what game of the year conversation you're talking about. There are a lot that are voted on by critics. And I think that critics overall that I've been listening to have been positively receiving Starfield. And so I think that considering it is a Bethesda game, it is going to be top of mind. Can it win? I mean, if this game had come out last year in the state that it's in this year, what a swept because there was nothing that came out last year from basically anyone of any kind of significance on this level. But this year we've got going all the way back to the beginning of the year. So many incredible games that have come out. And of course, the inevitable comparison of Baldur's Gate three. It's like right there as far as RPGs go. Uh, Starfield is great. It's going to have a tough time competing, but it's mm -hmm. definitely going to be in and will win some game of the year conversations. Yeah, I'm sure we'll win some some game of the year conversations. If we're talking about the Keeleys, I don't. I, I'm sure it'll be nominated. Um, I don't think it will win just because of like who votes on that and and knowing the the panels. While while it was mostly positive, I think there's been bigger games for critics this year, and they're going to be the ones voting on on that conversation. 
But that doesn't mean that it can't be your game of the year. It doesn't mean it won't be <laughs> Save the Game Media's game of the year when we do our game of the year discussion. Like It has the chance of, of being lots of people's game of the year because I, I do think it is a, a very special game that I'm constantly thinking about. I can't remember the last time I'm like sitting at work and like, I have to find a way to this planet later. Like, yeah. oh, I don't even know what galaxy this is in. Like, Yeah, I had the same exact experience because like I'm very into gaming. Obviously, I'm on this podcast. I have my own content that I do. And I'm, I, I consider myself to be a really big fan of video games as a whole. Mm -hmm. But whenever I do log off, it's very rare that I think actively about a quest line or I think about the game that I'm playing when I'm at work or when I'm in another section of my life that's kind of segmented off from my gaming habits. But this time around, it is one of those things where, and as example, I wake up very early in the morning. Very rarely do I play games before work at this point, just because I'm usually busy. I made time to log into Starfield. Like I made some time to play this game. That's where I'm at, where I am making time. I'm staying up late. Let me tell you, dude, I don't stay up late. Your boy mm -hmm. gets bed. We're, we're early, early to bed, early to rise. Uh, but no, we've been staying up till 11, 12 o'clock grinding through these campaign missions because it's just so good. I can't stop thinking about it. It's it's just it's got me. It, that's it. I know this game is good because I'll be like, oh, it's it's five o'clock. I'm going to get a few hours into Starfield. And then next time I hit like the Xbox button, I'm like, it's 830. Like, yeah. what happened? I feel like I've been sitting here for 20 minutes. Like, where where did the three and a half hours go? Because I, I, I you just get so engrossed in it. But uh, Spam in the chat uh, says, I honestly think the competition might be a little too fierce this year. Regame awards just to name some Tears of the Kingdom, Diablo 4, Final Fantasy, RE4, Spider-Man, Armored Core. Jedi Survivor. I get your point, and, uh, and that's why I said I don't think it will win the Keeleys. I don't think some of those are, are Armored Core. I don't think has a chance of being nominated for. I know it reviewed well, but I feel like nobody really cared about it after like launch day. I, I, it definitely hasn't been like the huge success that like Elden Ring was. Obviously, um, RE4 up for discussion if that should be nominated to remake i think it's fine diablo 4 i think launched well i think it has seen some issues so whether that gets nominated will be up for discussion or not because of the post-launch content but i get your point yeah i think every one of those games will get a game of the year edition like they're all so good that, and they are all going to get somebody's game of the year it without a doubt like armored core is going to get game of the year awards it will get that mortal Kombat's going to get them spider-man 2 is going to get them things like that uh but you know to the point it is going to be a really difficult year to figure out what somebody's game of the year is if it is an outlet that's just generalized where hey all these games came out what is your game of the year like i said comparing to 2022 i mean i'm really hyped for lords of the fallen here in a couple of weeks it's coming out like that's a game that i'm really looking forward to if it had come out last year potentially a game of the year contender you know like that's a very big deal this year i don't even know if anybody's gonna buy it because like who's gonna play lords of the fallen when all of these other games are coming out you know it's just gonna get overlooked which is why games like alone in the dark are getting moved out to i think e D december or january one of the two it, it got delayed i think it's january end of january in yeah. 2024 yeah which, so like they, they just got kicked out can i say amazing tweet where they were like we we know y'all got things to play like we're gonna give our game a better a better shot is basically yeah. what they said and i wish more, i wish more games had the guts to do that i'm looking at you nickelodeon all-star brawl which apparently oh. which apparently has been delayed to november 14th and i was like that doesn't help 
that's yeah. still in the middle of a bunch of big releases because November is still packed just like October. Not not as high, like not Mario and Spider-Man, but it still has some big releases. I'm like, December, January, like they're open. Go for it. Yeah, the awareness, I think, for those mid-range games is really important. I mean, even looking at a game like Alan Wake 2, it's big enough to stand on its own, but it's still going to get impacted by all of these games coming out to where, like we said on the Patreon episode last week, if you have a three game tier or a three game maximum that you can purchase this year, like if you have $210 to spend on video games in 2023 or fall 2023, alone in the dark, or I'm sorry, um, Alan Wake 2 might not be one of the games you pick just because you've got so many big games that are coming out that you need to buy or that you want to buy. Um, it makes sense for it to get kicked out. Now, I get they're capitalizing on Halloween and things like that, but alone in the dark. No one was going to buy that in comparison mm -hmm. to like all these other games. Again, full respect to the game. It looks solid. It's got a lot of big, big names in it. Uh, but it will be one that I probably check out in January because I'm hyped for it. Like I want to play it. Just not right now. There's too much. Yeah. Um, just like that. That budget thing we did was funny because I, I pre-ordered Sonic Superstars uh, earlier this week. And I was like, that's three days before Mario. And then I have Alan Wake like a few days later. And I'm like, that. what am I doing? This is I, I would have blown my whole budget in, a, in the space of 10 days if, if yep. that was a real thing. Yep, one month. Yep, that, that's how it's going to be, man. I, I am I am holding back and not giving in the hype on a lot of these games just because I know they're still going to be good, if not better, when I get around to them. Like patches are going to come. It's going to be OK. And I'll get Alan Wake 2 a couple of weeks after launch when it's on sale for like 40 bucks or what? Like it's going to be OK. You don't have to get everything right when it comes out. I have no self-control. Let's uh, let's jump into some questions. I asked for people's comments, concerns, questions about uh, Starfield. I almost said Skyrim Starfield on our Twitter and in our Discord. We got a few questions. Firstly, Brianna's coming in. She wants to know, is the soundtrack better than Skyrim? What's the best track in the soundtrack so far? Ooh, I don't know any of the tracks by heart in the soundtracks yet, just with Starfield being so new. But comparing it to Skyrim, it's almost like comparing two different genres. Like the Skyrim soundtrack is something that, I mean, when you've got eight hour long YouTube videos of like Skyrim ambiance to study to, and that's something that I listen to on a regular basis, you know, it's good. Um, so like, I'm still thinking Skyrim at this point is better than Starfield, but it's a slightly different vibe. That's not to say that it's not great. And also there is that London uh, Symphonic Orchestra presentation coming up where they're doing the, the uh, soundtrack live. And I'm very excited about that. I also, so I like soundtracks. I know when a, like a soundtrack vibes with me. Like I think Final Fantasy 16 had a good soundtrack. I think a Playtale Requiem has a, a absolutely stunning soundtrack. I think Starfield soundtrack is good. But if, if you ask me to name any song, I can't name a single song from any game I've ever played because oh, that's not true. I can name Fire Emblem Three Houses, but that's just because it's in Smash and I always choose it for my arena. But it's it's not going to happen. Do I think the soundtrack is better than Skyrim? Probably not, because like when I'm thinking about Skyrim, I I just hear it in my brain. When I'm thinking about Starfield, I don't really I'm not like hearing the soundtrack right now. So, um, I I think it's good. I think Sky I like I think I like Starfield better than Skyrim, and I loved Skyrim, but that's from like a gameplay and and world perspective. Um, and I just love space. Like Starfield gives me very mass effect vibes um like if if it was early mass effect like before we discovered all the weird aliens that's kind of how i'm feeling about this game the best bethesda soundtrack by far though 
Doom 2016. As a metal fan, Doom 2016. That is some recognition. Rip and tear. Come on, that's a good soundtrack right there. That's got some that's got some good, good beats to it. I do know Persona soundtracks. That's right. Um I'm going to say, Sam, I've never played Doom 2016. Dude. I've that... played Doom, I've played Doom Eternal. Eh, Doom Eternal's good. It builds on really? like the gameplay of 2016. I feel like if you want a modern version of classic doom 2016 is the one to go to less platforming i think is the way to go and that does mm, that so i like platforming that's probably why i like oh then you like you like it yeah, yeah, yeah uh thanks for the question brie uh, alpaca tom comes in says what's your dream spaceship and will you build it in starfield oh that's a good question so i was looking through the spaceship builder admittedly i'm horrible with building same in general in games like i was poking around i modified uh the main ship a little bit but not to the point that it's like very different like i put some new engines on it to make it go slightly faster things like that um i want to figure out if i can build an x-wing of any size from star wars i would love to build like an x-wing fighter kind of thing doubt it's possible uh so the next thing that i might build would be uh maybe one of the star wars ships i don't know what it's called but it looks like an upside down y i was a really big fan of that one in uh star wars battlefront 2 on the ps2 so i'm thinking that uh, there's also that sick millennium falcon build that i've seen floating around on twitter i'm a big fan of that so maybe that one day I think so you might I, be yeah, yeah i was muted yeah, yeah uh so i bought a new ship actually um nice. i i have one i bought the galileo which uh, people can Google. It's kind of it's a it's a huge ship. It doesn't even fit on my screen. Um, I was like sending pictures to my brother. I was like, it's so big. Like when I stand in front of it because I play in third person, I was like, you can't see it. Um, but it has like three prongs. It's like a it's like two sides and then a middle and then the weapons are in the center. Um, it's huge. Like you you stand you, when you walk around in it, it has multiple ladders multiple floors multiple wings um it's i love it uh the ship is is gorgeous like it's exactly what i would want i'm not really into like oh i'm gonna build my own ship and make like a design i kind of like the pre-built ones and then i just color them the way i want personally yeah so i see the value here on this screenshot that i found listed at 132,000 credits yep. have you you spent that money Okay. All right. Yeah. Just wanted yeah. just wanted to clarify that for the audience out there. You spent a, a ton of money on that thing. Well, listen, my I I looked at it, and there were only two ships. There, there actually no. There have been three ships that I've wanted. One was the Galileo, which cost one hundred and thirty-two thousand credits. There was another one called a uh, was it Shipbreaker or something? That's like two hundred sixty thousand credits and that one looks sweet as well and then there was one ship that i can't remember the name of it was at an outpost i randomly was like i dropped into a city four hundred thousand credits That's and wild. that thing was a monster like oh my lord i was like if i had the money but i don't know when i'm ever gonna have that much money so i was like i'm gonna go with the the reasonably play priced 120 yeah, I might buy one eventually. I was just kind of poking around to see what the ship builder was like. I think the next thing on my list is to figure out how outposts work and like to connect them together and start harvesting resources. But I'm not at the point where I care about resources. Mm -hmm. So like, do I need an outpost? I don't know. I will say the Galileo has a very small cargo hold. It's only 200. So mm. I have to be pretty picky. Um, I did set up an outpost, one outpost just for the uh, achievement. And I recruited one of the one of the characters you meet at the beginning of the game, you get to re recruit. Oh, the um, woman? I forget. No, 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 not the woman. Um, 
one of the guys and I just stuck him at the outpost and I've never gone and seen him. It's been like 10 hours. And That's like, hilarious. Yeah. I recruited, I recruited two people that were also at the beginning of the game and I'm kind of like keeping them in my repertoire of like, once I build an outpost, you've got a lot of outpost skills and I'm going to leave you there and never come back. I'm going to be like an Amazon warehouse manager where I'm just putting you out there to work and I'll see you in six months and it'll be okay. So are you, are you doing a lot of space like, combat exploration because for me i i'm really only going into space to like fast travel get to a new location and occasionally like when i have to do the space combat i'll do the space combat it's not like i don't go looking for it yeah i don't really go looking for it yet just because i am kind of on that mission of getting to the end of the main campaign and then I know that there's been that talk of like once New Game Plus kicks in, then you get kind of like a fuller experience of what Starfield really is. Uh, and so I'm kind of trying to get to the main end of the campaign. So no, I haven't done too much just like cruising around exploring, but I have had those instances you're talking about where somebody will pop up and give you a side quest of some kind or or start a conversation with you. Uh, yeah, uh, space, white cedar space combat is cool, but I like boarding ships more loots, not worth blowing up. A sh I have not boarded, uh, any enemy ships. I would love to learn how, because by the time I get to them, I've already blown them up. So like, how do I, is it like, um, Assassin's Creed four black flag where I lower it down to a specific health and they're like, all I, right, all right. I you win. believe so. You'll see little indicators. Like after doing a certain amount of damage, it'll say like, oh, the grav drive disabled, the shields are disabled. The end, once the engines are disabled, I think they just float there and then you can like go get yes. them i think there is a way to target specific parts of a ship i think that you're yeah i have no idea about it i just I, I haven't either yeah i know that i heard joe talking on this week's episode of xcp about how the vat system is effectively in the ship combat mm. and i have yet to figure out how that works i'm just kind of like pulling both triggers and i have two different types of lasers slash cannons and like the health bar goes down and i'm good yep uh wait see deer says it's in the skill tree you can unlock it which i have my skill tree is like almost all of the physical stuff like more health mm -hmm. more like take more damage uh all, all that kind of stuff see yeah, mine's I've, in the combat and then i've got one jetpack over to the right no, and that's all no, i've got not me not me uh yeah so space combat is, is all right it's 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 getting better i will say i, I didn't like it at first but now that i'm kind of getting the hang of it, it it does get better it um, does feel realistic not that i've ever flown a spaceship but, like, <laughs> it feels you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah, it feels yeah, like it would be this difficult to turn a big ship like that. I feel like this is what it's like. My ship is so slow. Like the engine only has three lines, oh, and I usually just keep one of them full and then max out the weapons and the shield. Um, so my ship, I'm like, like barely like struggling to move. I'm like moving the Titanic in space almost. You're over here turning an 18 wheeler, just doing a three point turn, trying to line up the shots. Yeah. It is like sometimes ships will be so fast. They're like doing laps around me. And I'm like, I get you. I'm coming for you. <laughs> uh, uh, Ellery writes in says, what has been your favorite thing about Starfield so far as someone who gets bored easy, having so many different things to do would be mine at a macro level on a micro level, landing randomly on planets and clearing out the enemy bases and looting everyone and everything by selling what I looted. I found this is the fastest way to earn credits. I think that for me so far, the best thing about Starfield or the thing that I enjoy the most about Starfield is just the genuine sense of exploration that not many games capture where, um, and I know this is probably going to be a hot take, but I know that the map is something a lot of people have complained about or the lack of direction 
on where to go specifically. Like if you're in a city, there isn't really a map and you're in, uh, you're intended to look at the writing on the wall, the signage and kind of wander around the city and find your way as you would, if you were landing in new Atlantis for the first time. Um, and I think that for a lot of people that can be a turnoff for me, that sense of like, this is a new place. I'm going to go see what neon is like. I'm going to wander around in these stores, figure out what's over here. Uh, go to this random planet that I found, scan it. Oh, it's got aluminum or whatever I might need. Go find it, harvest it. Uh, just this sense of like, like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm a dude in this world and I'm just out here living my life, finding new things to do. And I think that a lot of games have a faux sense of exploration. Like Diablo is a guided exploration, for example. Whereas Starfield is literally just like Todd Howard picking you up like a me on the me channel and just, you know, you're dangling there. It just drops you into this world of Starfield. And I, I really like that. Yeah, I would say my favorite thing is honestly the choice and consequence. It's been a long time where I feel like my choices actually matter like there's no spoilers there is one campaign mission where you make a choice uh and it drastically changes things it, it is awesome um i don't know if it, how it plays out going forward because i've only done the mission after that but gotta tell you like i did not see it coming i was so happy i went with the choice that i did um but yeah, the, the choice and consequence for me is is the most important thing and the my favorite thing about it. Uh, I've 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 heard a lot of people talk about the feeling lost in Starfield um, and like oh I don't know where to go and Ghostly March brings it up in, in the chat. But I I don't know if people know this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out this little tip. If you go to your quest log and just hit A, it will track the quest and give you a blue marker no matter what quest you're doing. If you open your scanner then you can get little footprints that will lead you to that location. <laughs> so there's no reason to, I, I've heard some other podcasters say like, I don't, I couldn't figure out where to go. Or like, even for like simple things, like the Ryujin job interview, like I got lost I'm like, bro, it's a, it's a straight and a left. What are you talking about? You just walk it. You have a, you have a tracker. Just go. Yeah. So. I think that uh, on top of that too, there were a couple of instances where, uh, I was on a pirate's spaceship and I was trying to leave to go to my ship, but I realized that the side quest that I had started with the pirate had to be completed before the door would open and let me go back to my ship. So if you can't find a way out or that little guideline isn't popping up, make sure you finish the quest that is applicable to the area you're in and then you should be able to progress forward. But I haven't had too many issues like some other people have been saying. Yeah, no. Uh, okay, let's keep it rolling. Sam Heaney, who's in the chat, writes in, I feel the best way to describe Starfield is it is the next step in a Bethesda RPG. It's not revolutionary. In fact, it's a deeply flawed game on many levels, but the Bethesda magic is still there in spades. It's more like, quote, one small step in BGS becoming more than an Elder Scrolls Fallout factory. Do you expect that the overhype of the game will damage its legacy over time? I don't think so. I think that right now, it seemed like for me, at least in my timeline and the groups that I run in, there was a period of like realization shortly after the, the early access launched of like, okay, it is by and large Skyrim in space with more polish on it. Like that's what it is. And I think that now that people are getting into it, especially the mainstream people that might not be in these conversations like we're having, they see new Bethesda game 
they dive in. Lo and behold, it is indeed a Bethesda game. Uh, I think, if anything, the fact that it's the most polished to date and it's one of the more robust storylines that I've played personally, like I said, not a ton of experience, but I think it is something new. And I think that it shows an iteration. It shows an evolution of, of what Bethesda can do. Uh, and if anything, the quality in the game visually makes me more excited mm -hmm. for Elder Scrolls 6, too. Like, I know that's a far ways out, but I mean, in five years, if Starfield looks this good in 2023, when Elder Scrolls eventually launches for potentially even next gen consoles, it's going to be looking wow, like that's going to be great, you know? Yeah, I was I was disappointed when they said that it wouldn't have a performance 60 FPS mode, but then actually playing it, the 4K works. Uh, this is the best models in a Bethesda game by far. Like we don't have those dead eyes anymore. Like everyone I talk to, I feel like, oh, this looks really good. Like this is a very good looking game. Um, and I've played it on my ROG Ally as well, which... It, not as good looking as the Series X, all right? Because I'm playing a 720p with a FSR, and then it's it's hitting like 40-ish frames. Um, so I'm getting better frame rate, but resol all the shade, uh, everything takes a hit, all right? Because you're playing on low settings on that thing. But it is one of those games where I feel like it is an evolution for Bethesda, and it's not it's not revolutionary, all right? It's it is an open world game. I think that it is Bethesda refi refining their craft to the ultimate degree almost because you look at things like Skyrim where I like Skyrim. I think uh, the story is decent, but it's it's not as good as, as Starfield's story. Like I'm, you can beat the, the Skyrim story in a few hours. It's not nearly as depth. It's not as complex. The side quests, the faction stuff in, in Skyrim is what really gives that game life. Um, but I feel like here they've made everything feel important. The main quest feels rewarding. The side quests feel so rewarding. Like, the ones I've done, I'm like, this is this is amazing. And it's it's not just, oh, this is a random side character. Like what I do here doesn't really matter. Like it, I felt the choice and impact everywhere in this game. So for me, yes, it's a Bethesda RPG. Yes, that's what I expected for the most part. But I feel like they absolutely nailed what that means. Yeah. Also on the topic of performance, not to get too far into it, but you mentioned the performance on the, the ROG Ally, but um like i said i started playing on the xbox series s because i was at the beach and i was like i'll wait till i get home that was a lie um so i, I dove in on the xbox series s and i am baffled at how well the game runs on the xbox mm -hmm. series s how well it looks on the xbox series s like you can really tell and todd howard said this in interviews being able to focus on one platform has really improved the quality of the game they're able to deliver because they can really harness the power of the hardware that they've got and yeah it's locked at 30 but like visually it's very very impressive and i just want to give a kudos to that the fact that it runs well on the x it runs well on the s it has all the bells and whistles on pc it runs on these handheld devices i mean that coming out of bethesda a studio that's notorious for like having a lot of bugs and issues in their games at launch for the most part it's really well done so so kudos to that I will say it doesn't currently run very well on Steam Deck, but it's also not verified for Steam Deck yet. So mm -hmm. if you're if you're out there listening, you're like, I want to play this on my Steam Deck, I would hold off on that. Maybe just do some cloud streaming with that if you have that device and you're looking to play handheld. But 
Uh, and I know AMD, they dropped literally like the day before, uh, the day before early access, they were like, here's your Starfield specific drivers. And I was like, this is wild. Like it wasn't even update. Yeah. I had to go in and install stuff. So I think Nvidia um, had one too drop for Starfield. They do one every quarter or so. Yeah. New stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so to answer your question, I don't think the overhype will damage its legacy. If anything, I think because it has come out in such a good state like if they update it, if they fix things that people have issues with, like the map, which I don't personally, like I never open my map. I never care about my map. Um, but if they make those quality of life features, I think it can only get better if anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that if it's only up from here and even then, if this is where we stay, like I've seen people talking about the inventory system, is it perfect? No. Is it all right? Yeah. You know, like that's kind of where I'm at, where it's good, could be even better, but it's good right now for me. I must not be doing something wrong because I always have space in my inventory, both on me, on my ship. And it's, I'm like, I think everyone's picking up stuff, but also like, you know how your ship has all like those plates and cups and all this random, yeah. like I sold all that. My ship is barren. So I'm like, I gotta, I gotta maximize my space on here. Yeah. I think I'm also one of the people that I'm, I'm going through and I'm not picking up everything like a normal Bethesda game where like, if I see a manila folder laying on a desk in an office, you can keep that. I'm good. Mm. Like, I don't mm. need that. And so I, I'm just picking up weapons, spacesuits, helmets, backs, things like that. Same. And then if I run out of space, then Vasco just gets overloaded with that or Sam or whoever I'm with. Just Mules. like, yeah, pack mule, get over here. Yeah. So, so that's kind of how I'm playing it. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it's good. I think it's really, really good. Sam had a second question. He said, do you feel that this is quote restart for X? Sorry. Do you feel that this restart for Xbox puts additional pressure on upcoming titles in terms of fan expectations? I.e., what if Avowed is quite narrow in comparison? Will Xbox fans be disappointed? Uh, I think that there is going to be inherently a higher level of expectation for Xbox in general, just because you have had a win now coming off of the loss with Redfall. And I think that Forza Motorsports going to land in a couple of weeks, going to be a really high quality, polished Forza game. Uh, and then going into next year, we've got Hellblade 2. We've got Avowed. And I think that the games need to be polished. And I think if they hit that Starfield level of polish or beyond, then they're going to be in good standings. Uh, I don't think the scope of a game necessarily is going to be reflective of what people think about it. Like I would hope uh, personally that Avowed is probably a little bit narrower than Starfield. Mm -hmm. because Starfield is this universe explorer situation. Whereas Avowed, I would hope it to be honestly even narrower than Skyrim. Like I kind of want a directed or uh, obsidian kind of experience and that's what i want from it um and so hopefully ideally if there are let's say three or four big xbox games to land every year not each of them may be for me but i would hope that if there is a narrower more focused obsidian style rpg that might be perfect for somebody else or a second game for me or whatever there's going to be something for everybody and that's what i hope we get out of it yeah, Obsidian's already said that Avowed is narrower than Skyrim. Like, it's not their Skyrim. It's going to be an Obsidian RPG um, fantasy outer worlds. If, if you look at the scope of that, I would probably expect something like that. So it's not going to be the level of Starfield. And that is good. We don't, we don't want every game to be a massive open world crazy experience. You just want every game to be polished. Let them make the games that they want to make, the worlds they want to build, whether it's a linear experience, something a la Hellblade uh, 2 probably will be. Honestly, 
if they came out and was like, it's open zone or whatever, I'd be like, okay, that's an interesting choice. But you haven't told us anything. All we see is, is little cutscenes so far. I expect a linear game. But if they want to make that, as long as it's polished and a good experience, that's fine. Not every game needs to be open world because I think that you run into the Ubisoft problem where every game starts to feel the same. You have a, a formula and that's not what Xbox wants. We want diversity in our games. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that Xbox is becoming an RPG company just based on the acquisitions they're making outside of Activision Blizzard. But they are right now RPG heavy with Bethesda mm -hmm. being a big part of the stuff they're putting out. Uh, but I do hope that it's a diverse box where everybody can get something they want to play in a game that fits their desires. Uh, and I think that more and more we're starting to see that where it is the Gears box, the third person shooter box. It is the Halo fir uh, first person shooter box. It is the Call of Duty machine in a couple of months. It is going to be your racing machine. It's your RPG home. It's your FIFA home. Like it is going to be everything for everybody. And I think that's uh, that's where I want it to go. Mm -hmm. I fully agree. Last question for the show, Sam. Uh, and this one might get a little spicy. OK, so it's Kyle. We we almost got through, okay? But he wants to know, do you think that Starfield was scored and criticized unfairly by some outlets for not being something that they never said it was going to be rather than what it is, which is a very well-made and fun Western RPG? I think that reviews by nature are just opinions of the person reviewing them and so you know you look at ign america you look at GameSpot; they both gave it a seven and by many stretches of the imagination this could be a seven like depending on what your personal interest is you know if you give somebody a controller that goes into the game expecting something and then it comes out to not be what they expected or they go in wanting something and it doesn't pan out to be what they wanted then they might score it a seven and whether we like it or not a valid opinion on the game and if that's what the site wants to publish and that's what they want their public review to be then by all means you know that they they have the freedom to do that so i don't really think that any review is inherently uh bad by by any stretch for me personally um i do think that i would rather listen to streamers that i identify with i think that i would rather listen to podcasts have conversations with friends uh you know ping a friend in the discord be like yo i see you're playing starfield is it good is it not mm -hmm. i know we share the same interest because somebody who is a fifa content creator playing starfield for the hype probably not gonna like it but if you are somebody who is into rpgs if you really love the outer worlds then i'm going to say you're probably more of a bethesda guy i want to see what you have to say and put more weight behind it i think that's how i approach it I think the, this question obviously comes to be from the, the discourse that we've seen online where uh, Xbox console fanboys, I'm, I'm just going to call it like it is, uh, have believe there's a vendetta against the Xbox brand, right? They believe that Dan Stapleton over at IGN, PC Gamer, and uh, I think it was GameSpot who all gave them in the sevens range versus the eights and nines uh, and above that most other outlets were giving, uh, had some sort of bias against Xbox. And no matter what the game was or what their experience was, that the game was never going to be reviewed fairly for them. And I think that viewpoint is inherently dumb. I, I think you're coming from a... a place of bad faith right off the start like that isn't how reviews work they point to things like dan stapleton uh who gave prey the original a four but then uh, uh you go look at his review 
the actual words he wrote, he had game-breaking bugs throughout his playthrough. So if you have an experience where you cannot finish the game, yeah, that might be a four for you. If he didn't click with uh, Starfield as much as others are, it might be a seven. A seven is a good score. He said he recommends it. He gave it a good score. Do I think it's a seven? No. For me, this is probably like a nine uh, up there. Like in that range, we don't do scores here when we get review codes. We do a, a recommend, don't recommend, wait for sale type system. Because what I find is that I, I think the conversation, what I'm saying should matter more than some number. And I know that outlets like our friends over at season gaming who I've heard, I've heard Ains talk about this he's like the number is there for seo purposes like that's how you get in the aggregators that's how you drive traffic to your site right like you need the scores so i don't think that the scores ultimately matter in any way like it's sitting at an 88 Do, are people really going to be upset that it's not on two points off a of 90 like who does that matter to I, I don't understand why so many people put so much into review scores because I look at things like God of War Ragnarok, which is sitting at like a 95. And for me, that's a seven. I, I do not think that's up in the nines and tens range, but for other people, they do. So who am I to disagree? Who am I to tell them they're wrong? Just find reviewers you uh, agree with um, or have the same taste, I should say, as you. So you know, like, okay, if they didn't like it, I probably won't like it. Yeah. And I mean, again, not to be a Game Pass shill or anything, but with Game Pass, this is a non-issue for a lot of people at this point because form your own opinion, you know, dive into it, play it. I think that's the beauty of Game Pass where Solar Ash coming out in a couple of weeks. We talked about that. I don't even have to look at reviews for that if I don't want to. I can just check it out, download it, play it through the cloud real quick just to see if you vibe with it. Um, and, and I think that more and more I've talked about this for a, in, a, in a couple of different ways over the weeks, but like I'm getting really tired of social media being negative and reactionary mm -hmm. all of the time. And just like everybody has an opinion and everybody's entitled to one, but I might not want to hear them. So I'm just going to form my own and I'm just going to go play the games and have a good time and be in the conversations I want to be in. But it can just get so consuming that it's better for everybody for your enjoyment of a game, for your mental health, so just go enjoy it for yourself and see if you like it. And if not, look at all these other games we've got coming out. Like, there's so many different games. You are good. You are mm -hmm. fine. I could not agree more. Sam, that's going to do it for us. Uh, any closing comments about Starfield you want to make that we haven't talked about? Uh, I want to go play it right now, and that's probably what I'm going to do. Me too. Uh, Andrea is waiting for me. She she needs me. But it's time uh, time to romance. I will take no more questions uh, about about Andrea. <laughs> anyway, Sam, where can people find you and your lovely content? Uh, you can find me everywhere at Jampack Sam Threads, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. I'm all over the place posting stuff throughout the week. Been a lot of Starfield content this week. So uh, talking about reviews and impressions and things like that. It's been a been a fun time. You can find me everywhere, Jampack Sam. Awesome. And you find me at the Muffin Mon on X or Twitter, uh, whatever you prefer. That's a one to seven. I own seven A. Follow us at Save the Game or Save Game Media, sorry, on Twitter. Uh, you can still enter our Spider-Man 2 giveaway that'll be running for about another month or so. If you review our PlayStation show, no limits, let me know and I'll get you entered for that. Until next time, have fun playing Starfield. Bye. <laughs>